Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 294. I think sometimes you don't know if it's the right choice until you try it. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue. Guess what? Next week is the At Home Craft and Gift Show. This is a virtual event, so you can attend from the comfort of your cozy couch. Shop in our vendor village next Sunday afternoon, so that's December 6th. And during that time, you can meet the makers of the fabulous products that are being displayed. You can place custom orders, pick your own special one-of-a-kind piece, or ask questions of the artisans from 12 to 4 Eastern Standard Time. After that, Vendor Village will be open the entire month of December, so you can pop in anytime to complete your holiday shopping list. To grab your free ticket to the at-home craft and gift show, just jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash at-home ticket. You're going to find beautiful handmade products, holiday designs, and special unique gifts that are sure to put a smile on the faces of those you love. To grab your free ticket again, giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash at-home ticket. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Are you recovered from your food coma? It was just my husband and me this year. We were supposed to go out to Colorado a couple of weeks ago and have an early Thanksgiving with the children because we thought that was a really smart thing to do to avoid the rush and the holiday traveling crowds. But given that there was a huge surge of cases in Denver, we decided to be adults about it and cancel the trip. Behind the scenes, though, I was crying, kicking, and screaming. I miss my kids. I know I'm not alone. A lot of you are also encountering similar tough decisions, and my heart goes out to you for that. So on my end, I adjusted my mindset. I recognized all that I have to be thankful for, even though this has been an unbelievable year. And there was a Thanksgiving feast to be had. We had all the traditional dishes and watched It's a Wonderful Life, because that's also a family tradition of ours. And it put me completely in the Christmas spirit. And now, being Cyber Monday, it is full throttle to the finish line for holiday promotions, gift purchasing and wrapping, you know, balancing between business tasks and personal holiday activities. With all this going on, I want to remind you that a short time back, episode 288, we talked specifically about how to manage stress during this time. I want us all to be energized and joyful in the weeks ahead, so the beauty of this season doesn't pass us by. Look, we're all so busy ensuring that our customers get everything they need to enjoy the most wonderful time of the year, and I want you to have the same. So if you're feeling the pressure mount, go back and listen to that episode. Let's move on to today. You're going to hear about the development of Catherine's business 
how and why she switched and adjusted her products and customer focus over the years. She's always watching, listening, and applying what's going on around her to ensure she's on the cutting edge and enriching her life with her business. In other words, making sure what she spends time on in her business fuels her spirit too. Being in perfect alignment is key to her success. You know what I say, our businesses should be part of our life. They shouldn't take over our life. I also really enjoyed our conversation about Pinterest. We just started talking about this platform on the show. It seems like Facebook and Instagram dominate our minds, but Pinterest may be something to pay more attention to as you develop your plans for 2021. I think I've said enough at this point. Let's get into the show. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Catherine Tatum. Catherine is the owner and designer of Classic Legacy Custom Gifts. Her business has always been in her home through the years, and Catherine has employed many women to create and help manage her growing enterprise. The Classic Legacy Wholesale line has been shown in major gift showrooms in New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Dallas. And this is where major hotels, museums, and luxury retailers discovered Classic Legacy. After being chosen to design gifts for the New Orleans Tricentennial, she added a retail Shopify store to her website. The newest collection includes handmade oyster shell dishes. The blue and white iCat oyster shell dish is currently featured in the Thomas Jefferson Monticello catalog and website. All of this comes from the fact that Catherine loves the challenge of learning and designing. Catherine, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you, Sue. I'm so glad to be here. I am so excited that you're here too. And we've known each other for a long time, but I don't know the beginning of your business story. So I'm excited to get into that. But first, we are going to start off by getting to know you in a little bit of a different way. And that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to create a candle that speaks exactly who you are, what would the candle look like by color and quote, Catherine? That is a great question. And my favorite colors are blue and white. I've always loved blue and white. I collect blue and white gifts and decor. So the candle would be blue and white. And I also love chinoiserie, which is the Chinese influence. So that would be the color of the candle. And the quote is a quote that I've loved for a long time. It's a happy memory is a joy forever. And when I create gifts, Many times I think, where are these going to end up? Who is going to have them? And basically when I create gifts, I want it to bring joy, whether it's a Christmas present or a birthday present or anniversary present. So that would be my candle. I love it. And I think that sentiment is something that we all can really relate to because regardless of what we make, I mean, we're all makers here, but we want to share the love of what we've made and the product that we've created to bring someone else joy. Yes. So it's the same thing, but I've really kind of never thought about it as it's a joy that creates a memory that then is a joy forever. So I really like that. I don't even know when Periscope came out, but that was when you and I met. So what would you say, seven, eight years ago? Yes, I think we met perhaps through Kim Garst and some of those events. And Periscope didn't last a long time, but I am always on the lookout for new technology to be able to improve my business. And so I liked Periscope. 
Yeah, pros and cons to it. But if you remember, we were in that challenge together where we had to be on Periscope every single day. Oh, Do you remember yes. that? <laughs> and on video. <laughs> and on video, yeah. And then you got all these people from all over the world who almost weren't ever even your potential customer who would pop on. Right. It was crazy. It was like the Wild West. I think it made me more comfortable being on video is the biggest thing that it helped me with. Yeah, I agree with you there, too. And we're going to get into this because I am so impressed with what you're doing on social with your lives and all that. But before we get there, take us back to the beginning and tell me, too, because I don't know. How did you get started in your business? As a young mother, I had taught first grade before I became a mother, and I wanted to stay at home. But I had always enjoyed being creative and making things. And I thought, what can I do to add a little income to our family? And I started with hair accessories and hair bows for little girls. And that just became a big business because it was boomtown in the 80s of hair bows for not only little girls, but for women. I bought ribbon from lots of places in New York. I called on department stores. I called on small businesses and I did hair accessories for little girls. And then I had a rep and he said, you know, these tortoiseshell hair accessories and they were embellished with silver. He said, I think if you did that, that that would be a good thing. And so I thought, well, I'll figure out how to import the French hair accessories. And I did that. And then I figured out where to buy the findings. And I learned how to do plating or had people help me do plating of the findings. And I embellished the tortoiseshell hair accessories like that. And then from there, that rep was associated with a showroom in Atlanta, and he recommended a showroom to me. So it was just like one step after another. So I thought one time when I was on an airplane, they had these magazines that had, it was basically like a small catalog, and there were wine charms in the back of that catalog. And because I had figured out where to buy the findings, I thought, I know where to get all these pieces. I thought, I'll do wine charms, add that. And it was completely different from what I had started out originally. But they were, I'll just say they paid for my daughter's wedding. (laughs) I mean, it was just like huge. So you went to the wine charms from the barrettes, right? Yes. And like I said, it was completely different. But it was because I went to New York, I sourced findings at trade shows. I love how one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. Were you doing that because you weren't feeling like there was enough potential at one point or because there was new opportunity or why did you make some of these series of changes before you landed on what you're doing now? I think a lot of it has to do with being creative and wanting to do something different. But the hair accessories were a smaller market as far as like children's stores. I just wanted to expand my reach, I guess. That was your entrance point into having your own company, learning all of that. Yes. I mean, I learned how to do barcodes. I learned how to do a lot of things with that. And so when I was at market, that just opened up a whole, I got into not only clothing stores, but gift stores. And when I started doing the wine charms, then I met wineries. And they said, well, can you do a bottle stopper? Can you do a wine carrier? Can you do a cooler? Can you do other wine accessories? And I always said yes. (laughs) But did you then wind down the other products when you switched to something else? Or how did that progression go? Actually, yes, I did. But some of the stores that I originally sold to don't exist anymore. 
but I have sold to one store for over 30 years. That's a children's store. So I'm actually still doing hair accessories for only for one store. (laughs) Because you have to, because you feel indebted to them, because that's what we do, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you're at the Wine Charms. Yes. And the wineries were looking for more. So you're listening to input from different people because you were saying you were listening from your buyer and now you're listening from your customers and having them help direct you in which way to go. But how did you know if it was the right choice? I think sometimes you don't know if it's the right choice until you try it. But I mean, there's been lots of times where I've thought, what do I do next? And I've always just been open to reading and looking at magazines, going to art museums, keeping up with trends. And from the wineries that led to doing a lot of custom gifts, the wineries and hotels, because at first my line was an open line. And that just means that if I did wine charms, they would be for anybody. But then I created a custom charm that had the name of the winery on the charm or the name of the hotel I've just learned to ask a lot of questions too, like the person that did my plating for the findings. I'd say, do you know anybody that can create custom artwork for me or something like that? So I just learned to ask a lot of questions. So if you were to define for us what your range of offerings is today, what would you say? Apart from the hair bows. (laughs) What I concentrate mainly on are custom gifts and also the newest collection is the oyster shell jewelry dishes. And that is also another completely different thing than I was doing. That came about because I've learned that people like handmade things that they cannot find in the major department stores or big box stores. The type of people that I sell to are high-end luxury accounts or individuals. And I just thought, I'm going to try it. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I use real oyster shells. I use designs that are then applied to the oyster shells and everything is gilded in gold leaf on the sides in the back. So the oyster shells are really my biggest current collection. But all of this is still focused on a limited audience, if you will, being hotels, museums, luxury retailers, right? Yes. But now because of COVID, those businesses are either closed or very limited. Actually, now what I'm concentrating on is the retail side of my business. And that started, as you mentioned in your introduction, when I was chosen to do gifts for the New Orleans Tricentennial. So when was that? That was three years ago. Okay. But because of that, I learned how to do Shopify and I like selling to individuals. So when you say retail, you're not talking wholesale, you're talking your own site and selling directly one-on-one to consumer. Yes. Got it. Okay, so let's take both of those. So before that, and the thing that I really like, and the reason I keep asking you these questions, is I see you as being very zeroed in on your products. It's all customization. It's all, well, like you said, hotel, museum, luxury retailers, they're customized around the entertaining industry, I feel, tourist. Would that be right to say? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Did you intentionally go after that market or did you just identify as things went on and as you kept listening to people that this is where your product fit best? I think it's that I decided that's where my product fit best. Some of the accounts that I sell to or have sold to in the past are the Biltmore, the Waldorf Astoria, the Hotel Del Coronado. 
and I live in the Memphis area. I sell to Elvis Presley Enterprises and the Peabody Hotel. But just this week, I got a call from a new store that opened, and it's called Feelin' Memphis. And they're all about Memphis, but they want to do their own logo on things. That's the kind of people I like to work with. When you were niching down to that audience, were you ever concerned that there wouldn't be enough business there? No, not really, because, I mean, it's not only that audience. It could, I mean, like, this is an example of someone that found me, and I think they found me through Pinterest, I'm not sure, but they're a technology company, and they said, we want gifts because we treat our top performers in our company to a trip to Spain, and this year we can't go to Spain, but we want to give them something anyway. And they said, do you think you could do a bottle stopper that had our logo on one side and I wish I was in Spain on the other side? (laughs) And I said, sure. I mean, I thought that was a great idea. So that's not a hotel, a museum or a winery, but it's someone that needs custom gifts. Yeah. And it's a perfect example. And the reason I kept asking you about that is I think it's really important that we all define who our audience is, not that everybody could have our product. Right. I mean, clearly everybody could use your product, but you're targeting down to a specific group of people. And I think we all find it a little bit nerve wracking when we consider doing that because it's like, but wait, 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 (laughs) like there's going to be other people I want to sell to. But what you just said is a perfect example. They're still going to find you. Your core focus and where you're going to get your business stays laser focused, if you will. But other people will still find you and you're not going to say, oh, well, no. You're not my target customer, so I'm not going to sell to you. (laughs) No, I think people will find you. And I get recommendations for people from other businesses. And when it's custom, when it's unique, I find that the reorders are great because they can't get that from anybody else. It's not like they're going to find another vendor that can do that. Do you have to make custom molds and such for some of the products? I have done that, but most of the time I use a setting that is then basically it has a photographic image in the setting and then it's enameled. So it's not a pewter mold, but I've done both. Got it. Makes sense. And then do you save that quote unquote file? I don't know anything about your production, but then you save it. So it's easy just to pull it back up again when you have a repeat order. Yes. And the thing about using the process in that way, it's easy to enlarge it or make it smaller. And if it's a mold, it's one size and that's it. Oh, good point. So the advantage of being able to resize it is it can go on different products then. Yes. Got it. All right. So share with me, because this I know is a big thing to a lot of our listeners right now, a website. (laughs) (laughs) Many people here before COVID hit were a little bit different than you, but very similar. They were out at craft shows. So face-to-face with their customers, some of them very intense craft show exhibitors where every single weekend it's a show, possibly in different states all over. So serious. And then to have all of that get pulled out from under our feet, what option do you have? Go online, right? Yes. So there's been this whole year, the challenge of, oh my gosh, a website, what platform, what do I put up? (laughs) How do I do it? Oh, it's tech. And mind you, most people that gravitate to in-person shows, it's because they love being with people. They don't love being behind a computer (laughs) at a desk, right? Yeah, right. So share with us a little bit about how you got your website up. 
you already saw the need. I mean, there really was no choice and it made sense to do because of the tricentennial. But why did you choose Shopify and what was your thinking and selection process like? I already had a website and it was based on WordPress and I still actually have that. And then I write a blog and I showcase product through that. But I did not have a retail, a way that people could buy directly. And I just did a little research and it just seemed like Shopify was easy to use. And I am so glad that I chose that because it also integrates with so many other platforms so easily. It generates the shipping labels, the packing lists. It just is very easy. And it's easy to add many different photographs for each product. And it also integrates with Pinterest. And Pinterest is my new go-to platform. I just love it. Ooh, we're going to talk about that again later too. I want to finish with websites, but I definitely want to talk about Pinterest. So I am a huge advocate of Shopify too. So you're speaking my language, Catherine. (laughs) And I, like you, my ribbon print company business is on a Shopify site and Gift Biz Unwrapped is all on a WordPress site. So I'm intimately familiar with both (laughs) platforms. And I think they serve different purposes. I actually like both of them, but WordPress is definitely more cumbersome and more complicated. And I think Shopify, with all the apps and integrations as you're talking about, you can do anything and get up and running, look differently, have all different types of customizations to your website pretty easily. Yes. And actually, it's a subdomain of my main website. Oh, it links over? Yes. It's all under one website. So if someone comes to the website that they can look at in the show notes, give biz listeners, you know, there's always show notes page. It will go to your WordPress site. And then if they're interested in purchasing, it will link over to Shopify. Yes, on the front page of the website, there's a shop now button and it's easy to find the shopping section. It pops you over there. Okay. All right. And so did you set up everything yourself in Shopify? I did. Yay. Good for you. My (laughs) son-in-law is a computer web person, so Mm -hmm. I do have some help. He's not that familiar with Shopify, but I do have someone that I can ask for help and that's important. What would you say to someone who's just starting to look at a website, building their website out like that? Do you have any recommendations for them? We'll get Catherine's recommendation about website development right after this quick break to hear from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. I would definitely choose Shopify. I mean, they have an option for a blog within Shopify. And I already had a blog somewhere else, so I didn't want to use that part of it. And there's tons of, they have a YouTube channel. You can watch videos for training. There's just a lot of help available for that. 
If you're interested in checking out Shopify, go over to my website, Gift Biz Unwrapped, and click on the Tools tab. And there you'll see a Shopify link that'll give you a 14-day free trial. If you're just starting off with your website or making changes, like I've heard a lot of people right now making changes because one of their sites just isn't either giving them now what they need because they've built up their business, or it's just too cumbersome and too hard to work through. So you were still obviously doing communication with other people who you're already doing business with. But now that we're shut down, we weren't able to be out at shows as much, and you had your Shopify store up and running, what did you see happening? I saw that people were still buying gifts. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Having birthdays and still. (laughs) But there was a time where, I don't know, March and April, very slow. During that time, One of the things I did was I told myself I was going to try to learn more about Google Analytics and Pinterest advertising. And I didn't reach out to any of the retailers that I sell to because they were just having a hard time and many of them were closed. But I used that time to educate myself, basically, uh, how to reach individual buyers and learn more about Google Analytics and Pinterest advertising. (laughs) Okay. And so... Pinterest makes sense because you have a lot of blog articles and it's great to put blog articles on Pinterest. So you were already on Pinterest and active on the account at that point? Yes, I've been on Pinterest since about 2007 or something, but it's changed a lot recently. And I used to just pin things from my blog articles, but I actually don't do that so much anymore. I pin things from Shopify and that will go directly to someone being able to buy it. Are you putting blog articles up on Pinterest and then also just direct product purchasing photos up on Pinterest? Both? Both. But I'm concentrating more on direct product photos. And I'm also creating a landing page for those products. Like, for instance, the oyster shell dishes. I have several products that show them on a little easel on my mantle of my fireplace and like how to decorate for Christmas. But if they go to that landing page, they'll not only be able to buy the product, but to learn a little bit more about how they're handmade and kind of different options. And if they don't want to buy it right away, I offer them a free ebook. And therefore, I'm able to get their email address, then be able to get them in my funnel Mm -hmm. and be able to communicate with them further down the line. So that's really what I'm doing more with Pinterest is making sure that it either goes to a product where they can buy it or to a landing page that is going to educate and give them a free gift if they are not ready to buy. Oh my gosh, that's genius. (laughs) And so if I understood you correctly, it all starts with a lifestyle type photo. Yes, I found that the lifestyle photos work the best. And some of the views on Pinterest are in the thousands. And I've also discovered that video, you can do videos on Pinterest now. Mm -hmm. One time about two months ago in the middle of the summer, I turned my dining room into a Thanksgiving table. I showed people how to decorate for Thanksgiving. And this was all for Pinterest, but taking pictures of the dining room table. And I showed the steps of making arrangement for the dining room table. And at the base of this arrangement were oyster shell dishes. (laughs) Of course there were. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's subtle ways of just getting your product in, but also how it can 
educate or entertain or inform someone that so that they can do something similar in their house. It's perfect examples, both a lifestyle photo leading to what you're talking about with additional information, free download, or right away a direct purchase. And then also what you're talking about here now with the designing the table layout, were you also giving a freebie of how to do it in written form? Or was that just a video? It was just a video. Okay. I should have written a blog post about that. I haven't done it yet, but I did several different lifestyle things. I did one for Thanksgiving. Then I switched everything. I did one for Christmas. And then somehow I found out that you can order peonies from Alaska in August. And I love peonies, but at the time they weren't blooming. And I thought, I'll do one with peonies. (laughs) So you're ready for the spring. Right. So I have all this spring stuff. (laughs) So smart. And all you had to do is change out the tablescapes, right? Yes. And you had everything ready to go and you're kind of in the zone of filming. Right. I mean, I got out my best china, my silver, my crystal. And I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do several things at the same time. Yeah. Too bad you couldn't have invited people over for a party. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not this year. I know I would have been invited, but since we can't come, I know that's why you didn't invite me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But I love these examples because it's a way of being able to direct people to your product without feeling salesy, because that's what we're always worried about. When you do it in that way, you make it really fun. You're adding additional value. And by the way, here's the product if you're interested in having one for yourself. Right. I think people love lifestyle. Absolutely. So Pinterest is your major social media platform. Yes, it drives the most traffic to my website by far. And it's just a search engine. Pinterest went public in the past six months. And they've really changed a lot from where they were when I first began. But I think a a lot of major players are on Pinterest now. Absolutely. And gift biz listeners, if you have never considered Pinterest before, go back. I'm not exactly sure what episode it is. I'll put it in the show notes. But we talked with Kate All and she told us exactly how to set up your account, how to use Pinterest. It's one of our best listened to shows. So definitely reference back and consider this platform. I think this is what Catherine's saying now is great confirmation that everything that Kate was saying is right on. (laughs) We keep hearing it. But I I also know, Catherine, you're pretty active on Instagram. So what are you doing over there? What are you doing over there? (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing over there? Well, I try to do Instagram. I start to say every day, but it doesn't happen every day. You're good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for following. I try to do lifestyle photographs there as well. And when I go to an account like I did in Memphis this week, I take a picture of where I am. Well, Pinterest stays on for a long time and Instagram, you just have to keep feeding it. It doesn't last for me as long time. Are you doing images in your feed? And then also I see you in stories all the time. So you're doing both? Yes. Stories get the most viewers for me. Mm-hmm. But I still do both. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too now is you want to post and you can also post and then send a post to your story. But most often the people who see the stories are the people who already are following you. So you're able to build a deeper relationship with people who are already following you on Instagram. Although, and I'm wondering if you've done this, I am just now playing around with it, is adding more hashtags and kind of hiding those hashtags behind an image to get more people to see my stories who may not also be following me on my account yet. Are you doing that already? I do that. I keep the hashtags in my notes on my phone in a folder. Mm -hmm. And so I have 
hashtags related to different things. And the other thing that helps a lot, and I don't do it as often as I should, but is going to other accounts and commenting. I found that that works. I mean, the Hotel Del Coronado, for example. I mean, if I comment on their post, it seems like the next day they're looking at my post. So I think it is social. It's Mm -hmm. being friendly. So what you're suggesting then is to go to someone who you would want to be a customer or is already a customer and, and genuinely commenting, right? Like yes. interacting with them in a genuine way, not to go to 7,000 million accounts and no. comment on two pictures because you want followers, right? Not no. that kind of thing. Genuine. Yeah. And I think if I'm following along with the real value of that is it keeps you top of mind if they're getting low on stock or they've never used you before, then they're seeing you and seeing what's available. So that would be the reasoning behind doing that. Mm-hmm. How much time a day do you spend on social media? Honestly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about 30 or 45 minutes. So not long at all. I don't ever sit down and spend that time all in one stretch. But like to get the pictures done for Pinterest, I use Canva and I tend to probably do two or three hours at a time, but that might take care of everything for a month. Right. And I also use Tailwind to schedule. Which is a Pinterest scheduling tool, right? Right. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. You sound so buttoned up, so in control. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love to just get reality out here that it's not always going the right way. Can you share with us something that's happened in your business that was a real challenge for you? I think that is so important to realize that there are hard times for everybody, even the most top people that have had hard times that they've had to overcome. When we moved to Memphis, my husband had started a company that didn't turn out right. He got a new job, and I thought, well, that's the end of my business because I had started in Alabama. You're thinking you have to go back to teaching? (laughs) Right, yeah, which I didn't want to do. But it really just opened the door to a bigger metropolitan area, meeting new people. And then another challenging time was the showroom that I was in in Atlanta closed. And I was like, what am I going to do now? But I got it in another showroom. And then in Dallas, the same thing happened. The showroom that I was in closed. Now, I'm so glad that I'm not dependent on a showroom. (laughs) I'm really glad the e-commerce side of my business is built up and the website. So sometimes things are a blessing in disguise that happen. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it when you're in the middle because you don't know what next you're going to do. Exactly. But you just have to keep on going. (laughs) Yeah, keep on going. And then I'm sure there were some things that you tried that didn't work, but you keep trying then other things until you find something not only that works, but that fits your lifestyle and how you want to be running your business. Exactly. Right. Because you just explained to us how you're using social media. I know people who are on social media for eight hours a day and they just say, if I don't do this, my business is going to go away. And they don't look at another way because they're so busy doing what they're doing on social media and it's exhausting them. Yes. I have product to ship. I can't spend that much time on social media, but I do enjoy learning and I just think that's important too. Yeah. I guess the point with all of that too, I think, Catherine, tell me what you think, is there are a lot of different ways to get to an end goal. Your end goal is selling your product, which let's face it, that's why we're in business, to sell our products and to make money. There are a lot of different ways to get there. I interviewed somebody probably about six months ago. They aren't on social media at all. They don't even have an account. 
They were brick and mortar shop. Now they might now after COVID. So maybe it's been a year, but they've been doing just fine and growing at a huge rate that whole time, not even having accounts there. Here you're showing, you've narrowed in your audience, you have certain platforms that are your priorities. Most people say Facebook and Instagram, but like we just started our Pinterest account for Gift Biz Unwrapped. So ours is starting to gain traction now, but there's lots of different ways to do this. Instagram stories. Are you doing any IGTV? I have done IGTV. Not a lot recently, but yes, I have done that. You are a great example of a tester. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you get on stories and talk about when you're on the farm and your family's place and just chat. And so people get to really know who you are behind the scenes. Oh, thanks. Are you ever uncomfortable doing that? I've gotten more and more comfortable, but yes, I am somewhat uncomfortable. For a long time, I didn't want people to know I had a business in my home. I had a thing about that. I didn't want to tell people that that's where my business was. Mm -hmm. But now... A lot of people have their business in their home. I think it's also changed even over the last, maybe not 10 years, but five, six years now. It's become much more acceptable. And so I have a large storage area. I have a room dedicated to my office. I don't show my husband a lot. I'm a little bit more private than some people as far as being, have their family. I tend to stick to more business things. So you have your limits, but you share a little bit of family. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone has to decide for themselves what's right there. Right. Okay. I think it would be really interesting for people to understand what your mindset is when you're met with something you don't know how to do. Do you Google for answers? How do you figure things out? Where do you go for your resources? I guess I would say. Because I don't know, making that oyster shell dish when you were explaining that a few minutes ago sounded really intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) I do use Google. I use YouTube. And I ask people questions. One of the examples is the guy that does the plating for me. He works with a lot of other companies. And I'm like, do you know where I can find a tiger charm or just something that somebody else is looking for? And he'll go, well, you should call X, Y. He'll look five different companies. And then sometimes if I'm trying to find a certain bead or a certain ribbon or a certain color or something, And I'll call the resource that I usually use. And they say, no, we don't have that. And and I'll just say, do you know anyone else that I can call? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are open to that. If they don't have it, they're glad to share who might. I think Google and YouTube. And then I come back to Pinterest again. Pinterest, again, is a search engine. And it's a lot of times you can find tutorials and things like that on there. Yeah, I'm learning that more and more. You clearly know way more about Pinterest than I do, (laughs) but I'm learning. I really want to emphasize what you just said, which was it's not just your vendors or suppliers or potentially even customers that you're close with who only know what they do. They also have a network of people. So just like how LinkedIn will work, right? So I love what you're saying there where if they might not know, asking that extended question, do you know anybody else who might? So that's wonderful. And speaking of that, what about LinkedIn? Where does that sit in your land of opportunity? (laughs) I have used LinkedIn for quite some time and I'm on the pro plan or whatever. And I probably post there, I don't know, six times a month or something like that. And I should probably do it more, but (laughs) I think to have a completed profile is very important. I don't even know how many contacts. It just says over 500. But I think a lot of people, when they're looking for 
the name Catherine Tatum, it goes to LinkedIn. And you should definitely have, or I found for me, having a complete profile with lots of photographs. And I even write articles on LinkedIn. And basically, they're just my blog posts that I turn into an article for LinkedIn. And then you upload it natively to LinkedIn. Yes. Instead of linking it back to your website. Yes. Having it native is important. Right. I think having a lot of information on LinkedIn is good. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would imagine based on who your customer is, that that could be a huge opportunity for you if you were targeting a certain museum or a certain hotel in a city that you were going to just to see who the contacts are to get in touch with. Yes. And on the pro thing, I mean, if you look up a certain corporation, they'll have all the people that are associated with that corporation on LinkedIn. It's a really good way to figure out who you need to ask for, because if you just call up a hotel and you don't know who you want to talk to, you don't get very many. You don't get very far. (laughs) I'm sure. But if they're a connection through somebody else you already know, that also helps. Right. (laughs) Do you have some type of a structure so you remember, okay, I'm going to post six times on LinkedIn. I'm going to do four stories a week. I'm going to post on Pinterest. Do you have like a whole big calendar method? I'll be honest. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay. I want you to be honest because we all are learning from each other how to do these things. Okay. So you just like remember, oh, I need to do it. Or you'd create an article and you say, okay, well, every time I create an article, I'm going to adjust it a little bit, upload it to LinkedIn. Do you have a system then when you do? Yes. It's more like that. Got it. So how has business changed for you, you would say, over these last 30 years or so? Oh my goodness, it's changed so much. (laughs) The entrance of the internet was one, right? Yes. I mean, I used to have a fax machine. I don't have a fax machine anymore. (laughs) I just thought I don't need to pay for another phone line for that. Is it better now? Is business better or just the system? I think the systems are much better. I mean, I use Infusionsoft as my contact information and I tag people. Every time someone buys a product, they get a tag on my CRM, my contact. Right, which is done automatically through Shopify. Yeah, we are doing the same. And so I just feel like 30 years ago, I didn't have those systems in place. And now I have a whole group of people that just bought oyster shells or a whole group of people that are hotel people. And I can email them really specific email information that is beneficial to them. And it's I wouldn't email the oyster shell buyers information about hotels. Right. You can really send them emails that then specifically apply to what their concerns and their interests are. Yes. I mean, 30 years ago, I literally traveled to New York or traveled to places to find vendors. And now it's so easy to find somebody via Google. And I also have found that initially, I mean, people would say, well, the opening order is a thousand dollars and I'd go gulp and I did it. But now I've learned to say, okay, I want to buy just a sample. And many times vendors are open to that, but you want to see the quality of the work. Well, I think you can also do it because all you need to do is show your list of customers or where things are placed or all of that. And they definitely would want to be providing product to you. (laughs) What do you see as you move forward? I'm afraid (laughs) to hear what you're going to say. I'm quite sure that oyster shell dish is sticking around. Yes, actually. I'm working on spring designs. I've learned that my customers buy almost a year in advance. I mean, they're currently planning, many of them, for 2021 Christmas. Now, this is your more corporate clients. Yes. So now you're juggling because you have your direct-to-consumer clients too now. 
Right. I don't think anybody knows what's coming as far as our world. That's true. I want to stay on the positive side. I want to keep learning and I want to be able to create gifts that bring people joy. Kind of go back to my thing about a happy memory is a joy forever. Love it. Absolutely love it. Where can our listeners go and see more about you online? I bet I know, but you tell us. (laughs) Go to classiclegacy.com. Okay. And is your Pinterest account the same? Yes, it is. Beautiful. And I just became a verified Pinterest merchant. So that means that when you see my products, you can also see the price. It took a while to do that. (laughs) That's cool. Okay, gift biz listeners, so you need to go and take a look at Classic Legacy. It'll be interesting, especially those of you who are looking at setting up a Shopify account. Don't just go to the first part, but click on the Shop Now button, and then you'll be able to go and see what she set up on that end. That could be interesting and help you as you're making your choices. So, Catherine, it has been a joy having you on. I loved hearing more about Classic Legacy, and I wish you much success in the future. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, so many excellent business takeaways that Catherine reinforced for us. But it all starts with being clear on who your customer is. Catherine defines hers as high-end luxury accounts or individuals. And everything spins off of that. If she didn't have this clear customer focus, her activity would have been haphazard and probably resulted in lower performance. Instead, she is right on with her messaging and her products that hit the mark for her customers. It's really worth figuring this out right now, no matter where you are on your business journey. Next week, I'm lighting it up, Sue style. Brilliant yellow candles will be the highlighted product, and we're going to get an inside look at a young business that's already glowing. Thanks so much for spending time here with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, please leave a rating and review. That means so much and helps the show get seen by more makers. It's a great way to pay it forward. And for now, be safe and well, and I'll see you next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today. <laughs>